Hey guys, PK here. Today I'm going to talk about DHA properties, whether you should buy one or whether you shouldn't. But I just want to start off by saying something that I think is equally as important, and that's to say that you need to take full accountability and responsibility for what is within your control. I find that a lot of new property investors, you know, there's so much fear of making a mistake, of being ripped off, of doing the wrong thing. And all of this is, you know, perfectly rational in one sense, like, you know, we've all been there. But I just wanted to say, like, you can take responsibility for the choices you make in life and for the actions you take. You know, I find that if you just focus on the negatives of what could go wrong, what could go wrong, what could go wrong, you're just fueling your fears instead of focusing on the positives. You know, change is always scary. If you've never invested before and you're investing now, like change is always scary because of the unknown and what's unfamiliar. But if you focus on the future and like a new way of approaching your finances with positivity, keeping yourself stuck in the past doesn't help. Like if you focus with positivity, trying to overcome your fears, you'll be able to spot the opportunities and really take the reins on your future. You know, so really try to put aside those nagging doubts. I mean, it's good to have doubts, but when you those doubts have been satisfied, you really need to take the next step. Otherwise, those doubts come back and haunt you and haunt you and haunt you, and you'll never take the next step and you'll never actually get ahead <laughs> financially, let's speak. I'm not a life coach or anything like that, but those are just my thoughts from my own experiences that I'd, you know, I, I thought I'd, I'd share with you guys. In any case, like I said, today we'll be talking about Defence Housing Australia. You know, oftentimes you see ads, you know, these properties, you know, they seem to be awesome and they often attract investors with the appeal of, you know, very high rental yields and cash flow. But the truth is that there's lots of drawbacks that investors don't realize until it's too late. So this goes through the pros and cons and I hope you get a ton out of it. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name is PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights or dropping $10,000 to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence, and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. So what are the pros about of DHA properties? DHA properties, you know, they're like in, in areas across Australia. A lot of them are actually in Queensland, New South Wales, Northern Territory, where you can, you know, buy this property and, you know, there is a lease on it to the military or to the defence ministry, you could say. And, you know, oftentimes those leases are five years, 10 year leases with, you know, good rents. You know, they, they make on the surface to have to be really good properties, right? Like, like well, what could go wrong? You're getting a good return. You know, it's being managed for you by someone else. What could go wrong? The two pros that I want to mention, number one, you get a higher rent than you would get for non-DHA property. So let's say you bought in, I'm just making this up, Townsville, 
and you know your property would be probably the market rate would be maybe five hundred dollars a week for your rental. If it's a DHA property, you can get much much higher rent. In fact, that five percent six percent yield can go all the way up to eight percent, nine percent, sometimes even ten percent yield. Some you're know, doubling your yield, right? And so on the face of it, it seems like well, this is like a no brainer. Like why wouldn't I buy this property where I'm spending the same amount of money but I'm getting double the cash flow, double the passive income? So that's obviously one of the positives, but you know, to stick to the end, we'll, we'll go through all the what's and all. The second positive is that they, in, in other words, defense housing, they provide the maintenance for you, right? So let's say an air conditioning goes bust or there's some sort of plumbing issue or an electrical issue. You know, as property investors, we often have you know, $1,000, $2,000 on average per year over the course of 10, 20 years of maintenance bill to upkeep our properties, defense housing does all that for you. So it's like less headache, less maintenance. I mean, it's not really a headache anyway because your property manager does it, but they pay for it. So you're reducing your annual outgoing. So not only is rent higher, your cost of holding from a maintenance perspective is lower. So, so far it's like, you know, this seems to be a unicorn property investing strategy. Let me go for this. All right. So Hang on. Let's go through the cons one by one. I think there's like eight of them. Number one con is the management fee of defense or DHA properties is much higher. So like in an ordinary sense, the management fees, the property management fees, you know, for a normal privately owned held property could be somewhere between six to nine percent. You know, I'm just generalizing here because there's always exceptions to the rule. Any rule is there to be broken. But, you know, let's say six to nine percent. For DHA properties, the property management fee can be up to 16 and a half, sometimes 17%. All right, so why is that a why is that a con? Well, obviously it costs more to pay or to have that property managed. You can't manage it yourself. You can't get a private manager. It has to be managed by defense housing. But that additional property management fee eats into that additional rent that you're getting. So that's that's a really significant downside. The second downside is that actually if you look at the lease terms between you and defense housing, they have stipulated in clauses that they can cancel the lease at any point in time, but you can't. All right, so let's say you've been baited by a three-year lease, a five-year lease, a 10-year lease, which, you know, not uncommon for these types of properties. That's why a lot of, you know, new novice property investors, newbie investors get kind of drawn towards these types of investment strategies like fireflies to the flame, you know, because they seem really good on the face of it. Long lease, what could go wrong? But actually, they can terminate that lease at any point, whereas you can't. So all the risk is held by you. They could come back in a year and say, look, much like a bit what they're doing in Townsville at the moment, they're like, mm, we're, we're kind of exiting this area. You know, here's your property back. Good luck. You know, you, you don't want that to happen. So that's the second con. The third con is that defense housing, they do their own rent reviews and the rent can go down at any point in time. 
All right. So it's like, okay, I've got a five-year lease, I've got a three-year lease, I've got a 10-year lease, you know, that gives me some stability. But the rent's not flat. In fact, it's not even going up like a commercial property, 3%, 4% every year. They can go up and down at their whim. You can't really challenge that. That's kind of baked into the lease agreement, the clauses, the stipulations where they can kind of decide based on what year they're seeing in the market, whether the rent goes up and down. And generally speaking, if you're buying in a good area, privately owned properties, you know, rented out to, you know, non-DHA renters, you know, rents don't really go down that much. So that's a, that's a big risk with DHA. The fourth con or downside is that these are generally, generally only available in areas where they need to house, obviously, defense personnel. It's, it's not just they love giving property investors money. They're looking for accommodation. They want accommodation for, you know, military bases, for the defense personnel who, you know, presumably doing a really good job. However, most times, and this is a generalization, most times they're located in sparsely populated areas where the drivers for capital growth, for ongoing rent increases, for, you know, building wealth really aren't there. So like right now we're going through a national property boom, you know, by and large, we've just gone through one. So even these properties have done well, but in normal times, like in normal times when there's no like crazy property boom going on, these areas where these DHA properties are located, they don't tend to perform as well because they're in, you know, and look, there's exceptions like in Brisbane there's Inogra which they have a military base there and that's actually a really premium suburb but generally speaking they're kind of in whoop whoop with basically not much growth over the long term. All right the fifth downside is that it's an illiquid asset illiquid asset and you know how I said before how the leases go for three years five years ten years something like that and that the DHA, they can break the lease at any time, but you can't. So let's say they don't break the lease, but your financial circumstances change. Let's say for whatever reason, let's go extreme case, you know, you lose your job, your wife, husband, partner, they lose their job as well. And you need to sell, you know, you need to sell this property to get some of your funds back. You can't really do that very easily because no one wants to buy these, right? Only investors will buy DHA properties with an existing lease because an owner occupier will want to move to live there, right? But you can't because there's already tenants in there for the next five, 10 years. So that means that the opportunity to sell that property goes from like 100% of the population down to about, you know, let's say 10 to 30% of the population, about 30% of home buyers are investors. But those who are interested in DHA are like even a small subset of that. So it's really hard to sell this kind of asset once you're trapped into a lease and that makes it illiquid and adds an additional layer of risk onto this property investing strategy. All right, I think that was number five. Number six is that normally these types of properties are overpriced, okay? They're overcapitalized. And I mean, there's different reasons for that. You know, some that come to my mind is, you know, because there's a long lease involved with that, you know, oftentimes... Uh, um, investors can get carried away and overpay for them or the stipulated, you know, value that the seller wants, that can be over-exaggerated as well because they're like, oh, you're getting this 10-year lease. Whereas the location, the the land size, the the property doesn't really value it. So they're obviously, they're oftentimes overvalued for, for what you get. Um, and, and that's really not a good thing. You In an area, you want to buy the 
typical type of property. You don't want to buy a hero property, right? You don't want to buy the best property on the worst street or something like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's another con to it. And the last one that I'll go through is that it's these DHA properties are normally newer type of properties with lower land to asset ratios. Basically what this means is that if you have a newer type of property, you know, normally when councils release or rezone land, they go from block sizes of 1,000 down to 800 or 800 square meters down to 607 or 607 down to 400 or 400 down to 300. You know, new rezonings, new subdivisions, the land sizes or the allotments are normally smaller and smaller and smaller. And so therefore, when you buy a newer property, you're getting less and less of land. And it's the land that appreciates, not the building. So with this DHA type of properties, normally, I mean, just generalization, they normally have, you know, a four bedroom house or, you know, something like that, fully built out, but the land component is not very large. And so they don't appreciate as much as an established existing property with a larger land allotment. You know, that's just property economics 101. I know a lot of people get sort of trapped with this whole concept of I should buy new because of easier to get a tenant, lower maintenance costs. I mean, those things are immaterial when you actually understand property economics more holistically. So those are eight downsides. And I think to summarize, um, you know, for me, and I think almost everyone that I talk to who's a seasoned property investor, they term DHA properties as lazy investments. Are they bad? No, no, I'm not here to say that they're bad investments. You can still make money off, off anything, really. Every strategy has its niche. You know, every strategy, you know, suits different people, different strokes for different folks. But normally people who are looking to build a passive income long term and want capital growth and positive cash, flow, right? They want that combination and the ability to add value. If it's not now, maybe in the future, and they just want that predictability, right? That's not really the strategy for them. DHA is like a lazy investment. If you're really serious about property investment, you can do much better, a higher rate of return or cash on cash return, return on investment than DHA. If you're not really serious about property investing and you just want something that's super low risk, uh, super low maintenance, I should say, not super low risk, super low maintenance, and you're like, I just need to park my money somewhere, then yeah, you might consider it. But I would also deeply get you to contemplate and implore you, don't forget the opportunity cost. And that's true for other things like NDIS, NRAS, all this stuff. I'll, I'll link right here to a video I've done similar vein to NDIS properties. A lot of people, you know, get enamored by the ads and what the companies say you know it's the sales pictures are pretty alluring i should say but you know you scratch underneath the surface and it's not quite all that As usual, guys, thank you so much for being with me every single week. I appreciate you, and I really hope you appreciate these episodes. You know, I, I really enjoy making them, and I love the reviews that you constantly give me. You know, the latest one that I'm seeing here is is one of only few investment podcasts worth listening to. PK's podcast is one of the only that I actually listen to. The resource is so valuable, whether it's understanding the fundamentals of property investing or information about the current property market. Thank you.
no thank you um, for everyone who's leaving a review on on Spotify or Apple, iTunes. I, I really appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for being with me. I'll see you next time. And here's to taking the next step. Catch you later, guys. Bye.